You know, God is always wanting to bless his children. How many of you know that? You know, uh, in the natural, there's limitations that we as human beings have. Jesus said this. He said, if you being natural parents know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, which is in heaven, give good things, notice this, to those that ask him? Amen? Amen. And, uh, and the Lord's it's really interesting the way he operates sometimes. Because sometimes he'll ask me, the way he communicates with me, he'll ask me a question. Now, I don't hear it with these ears here. I hear it inside me. Okay? Like one guy said, even my hair heard it. You know what I'm saying? When God talks to you, you it's, a, it's an impact in your spirit. And the, and the Lord said this, Keith, if you had unlimited financial resources, would you want to bless your children? I said, oh, yeah. Man, I'd go out. I'd, I'd say, Kelly, go pick out your favorite car. I don't know. Probably, I don't care what the price is. Let's pick out your favorite car. Let's go to the favorite dealer, and let's go out and pick out that car. Amen? Then I'd move my son. I said, what kind of bicycle do you want? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'd do the same thing. You know, a big truck, whatever, you know. And, and, and the Lord was showing me. He said, if you, he goes, Keith, if it was in your power and ability to do that, would you do it? I said, oh, yes, Lord, I will do that. And he was showing me the heart. His heart of the Father is if we being natural parents desire and want to give good things, amen. I was talking to one of the ladies that works out here, a really sweet lady that works out in the, uh, in the kitchen area here in the hotel, you know. And she's got like two or three jobs. And I mean, she's working constantly, you know. And, uh, and I just, you know, show yourself friendly to people, get to know them. And just a sweet little lady, you know. And I, I says, man, why are you working so much? She goes, well, I'm trying to put my daughter through college, you know. And, and uh, you know, they're having some financial struggles and things like that, you know. And I thought, man, your heart is out to people. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, and what the Lord was showing me, he says, not only do you want to do good things to your kids, but in the natural, we have limitations, right? Now, that can increase, that can change. But the Lord was showing me that there is no limitation to what he can do because he owns everything. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And it started to change in the way and shift the way that I'm starting to think about the vastness and the wealth of our Heavenly Father not only is he able to give to you and to me, but he is willing to give to you and to me. About three years ago, almost three years ago in September, I was taking a, a prayer drive. And a lot of times I'll do that. I'll get in my car and sometimes I'll go 100 miles, okay? But uh, as the Lord puts it on my heart, I like sometimes to drive and to pray, you know what I'm saying? And and just get out and get, spend time with the Lord, build myself up, fellowship with the Lord, talk with Him. And I'll never forget, I was driving north on Route 79, which is not too far from here. And I was coming across 376, you know, the intersection that some of you all come on getting here, you know. And I was, making, I was going under the underpass on Route 79, going north towards Wexford. And the Lord posed this question to me. He says, Keith, will you do something for me? Will you do something for me? I said, yeah. You know, I heard it in my spirit. He said, will you do something for me? I said, Shirley, what is it? He goes, I want you, some of you remember that when I shared this, he says, I want you to give me permission every day to unleash blessings upon you. 
And he said it in such a way that it brought tears to my eyes. I'm not a weepy cry type of person, but I tell you, it just it struck me in so hard. He goes, because I thought he was going to ask me to do something, like go over there and witness to somebody or talk to somebody, you know, which we do. You know what I mean? He said this because uh, he says, my great love towards you, he said, because here's why he asked me to do that, because, because you're a human being and human beings have authority in the earth. Okay? Spirit beings don't have authority in the earth. Mankind does. So we have to give him permission. If you being natural know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father which is in heaven give good things to them that what? Ask him. Well, Lord, you know what I need. And just leave it at that. Lord, you know what I need. But he still says, ask him. And if we don't ask him, he's not going to give it to us. Amen? Can I have that microphone there a second? Notice she gave me the microphone when I asked her. Now, I had the thought in my mind, I want that microphone. But it didn't come to me unless I asked her. And when I asked her, she handed it to me. Okay? So, here's my point. God wants us. Many times we think, well, we're not worthy enough. The, the truth is, none of us were worthy, but Jesus made us worthy by his blood. Okay? And I'm telling you what, you have an absolute righteousness. You have right standing with God. When you made Jesus the Lord of your life, you went from darkness to light. And your spirit is 100% righteous. Not 99%, not 95%. Hallelujah. And what, what does that mean, righteous? That means you have right standing with Almighty God. Because listen, if you were 95% righteous, you wouldn't go to heaven. If you were 99.9% righteous, you wouldn't go to heaven if you died. Only people that are 100% righteous depart this earth and go to heaven to be with Jesus. Praise the Lord. Now, we need to renew our minds to the fact that that blood, that blood of Jesus that shed, was shed for us, completely annihilated the sin nature, and God put within us His righteous nature. Hallelujah. Well, show me a scripture, Brother Keith. Well, let me quote to you, 2 Corinthians 5.21, for He, keep bringing it up, Josh, 2 Corinthians 5.21, this isn't necessarily in my notes here, but I think we need to look at this. But in 2 Corinthians, look at this. For he, that's God, made him, Jesus, to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Hallelujah. Now, if you walk up to the average person, the average church person, and you ask them the question, uh, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Are you righteous? Sure trying to be. Right? That's like going up to someone and say, are you a male or are you a female? Now, nowadays, I, you know. <laughs> Dear God. <laughs> well, I think on Wednesday I'll be a woman. No, 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 no. <laughs> See, you're either a man or a woman, right? That's the truth. See how the, the devil has deceived people so greatly, you know what I mean? You know. But it says right here that he, God, made Jesus. Now, Jesus didn't sin. He became sin. Or he became our substitute. Okay? Now, the reason 
And the reason I, I felt like I'm supposed to share the scripture, the reason that we don't uh, ask God for things is because we don't feel worthy to receive them. Okay? A sense of guilt, a sense of inferiority, a sense of, you know, I made some mistakes this week. Okay? So you made some mistakes in the flesh, but your spirit, man, is still perfect. Your spirit, man, is perfect. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. But you see, God sees you as righteous, but you can still see yourself as not righteous. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, awake to righteousness and sin not. But see, see, a lot of people say that in reverse. Stop sinning and then awake to the fact that you're righteous, right? No, the fact is, when we wake up to the fact we're righteous in God, we're not going to want to sin. We're not going to want to sin. Amen. Now, the reason I said this is because many times, and we've all been there and done that, so to speak, we feel unworthy to ask God for things because we have a sense of guilt or unworthiness, like we did something wrong, we didn't measure up. Yeah, yeah. See, I, I remember back, way back in the day, when I was first saved, and I, I love God with all my heart, still do, you know. But I always had this, this is before I knew any better, but I always had this sense inside me, this, like, uh, I just wasn't doing enough. I wasn't sharing Christ with enough people. I wasn't, wasn't giving enough of myself. I was, you know what I'm saying? I always had this, it just wasn't quite right. No matter how much you pray, the devil will be there to tell you you didn't pray long enough. No matter how much you read the Bible, the, the devil will you didn't read your Bible enough. You could have gone longer, right? You should have witnessed to more people, right? And so you start thinking like this. And I, it was a, a prevailing mindset that I had back in my early days when I was first saved in the 70s. But praise God for good teaching. I got under the Word of God, where the Word of God was being taught. And then I began to realize that was a sense of guilt, that was a sense of inferiority. Folks, let me tell you something. The Bible says, as He is, so are we in this world. Hallelujah. And when you know that you're righteous before God, now you didn't make yourself righteous, Jesus did. See, we're not bragging on what we've done, we're bragging on what Jesus did. There's a big difference in that. Hallelujah. Now listen to this. To the degree and to the extent that Jesus became sin is to the same degree and same extent that you became the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And the Bible says the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open unto their prayers in Peter. That means when you pray, your righteous God hears you. Oh, glory to God. Now, that's not my subject this morning, but I thought it, it's worth sharing that, isn't it? Because if the enemy can get you to the point where you feel unworthy, you didn't do enough this week, you know, you lost your temper this week, you got upset about something, you know, hey, join the club, right? You're still the righteousness of God in Christ. Now, my, Kelly being my daughter, if she got mad at me and yelled at me, she'd still be my daughter. Okay? <laughs> Right? If she, got, if she did something ugly, I'm just saying. If she got mad at me and yelled at me, she doesn't do that. But if she did that, I wouldn't cast her aside and say, you're not my daughter anymore. Okay? Do you know what I'm saying? I love her 
regardless, my, my attitude towards her, regardless of how she acts towards me, will never change. The same with my son, my children, right? How much more do you think God feels about you? He loves you. So getting back to that, I didn't forget about it. If I was driving up north in 79, the Lord posed that question to me. Will you give me permission to do something? Will you do something for me? And I said, yeah, Lord, what is it? Show me, share me, share with me. See, I've learned, I've been around this long enough that I, you prove all things and you hold fast that which is good. And you, 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 be, you test. Sometimes you think, is that just me talking to me? Am I making those words up? But see, you prove it out. You prove it out through the years and you realize, boy, that was God. That still small voice, He's in there. He's in all of you. If you're a Christian, He is in you and He's endeavoring to communicate with you on a regular basis. And let me tell you something. The Spirit of God is so positive that He'll make Norman Vincent Peale look like a pessimist. The guy that wrote The Positive Power of Thinking. Okay? The Holy Spirit is so positive. He just has no negative. He is, there's no negative in Him whatsoever. And He will talk you into victory every single time. So, as a result, I began to it was new territory for me because I wasn't used to doing that. And I know that the Bible says, whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. So notice that the binding and the loosing start with us on the earth. Man has authority on the earth. Okay? And what we choose to do, what we yield to, can come to pass in our lives. And so I said, Father... Now, I'm sure I've missed some days here and there, but for the most part, on a regular basis, I say, Father, based on what you told me, I always say that, based on what you told me almost three years ago in September, on that day, and I wrote it down in my, my journal, I said, I give you permission today. And the Lord said this. He said to my spirit, he says, I want to do this because I love you. I want to get things to you. Okay. That would be like trying to give something to your kids and they keep turning it away and said, no, I don't deserve that. I don't want that. But at your heart as a parent, a loving parent, you want to give to them because you want to bless them. They're your kids, right? God is our father. We are his kids. We are his children. Okay? And so I began to ask the Lord every day. I said, okay, Father, based on what you told me, I give you permission today to come and to bless me spiritually, physically, mentally, socially, financially, ministerially, in any way. Oh, and I mean, I mean to tell you, I begin to see some things happen. There's some things he did for me recently that were glorious. Amen? And, he, and the Lord reminds me, that's because you asked me. That's because you asked me. Amen? We need to get busy asking God. You're not going to wear them out. You're not going to exhaust the resources and the wealth of God. Amen. You know, Jesus died for not only your sins personally, but for the sins of the whole world. There's a lot of grace that swallowed up sin. And I mean to tell you, there's enough grace to go around for every person. There's way more than enough grace that can overcompensate for you and for you to help him, for him to help you. Amen. Praise God. Did you go to Hebrews 11 yet? <laughs> I gave you enough time, didn't I? Okay, that was just the introduction here. We'll just go with the flow here today, right? We always do. But in Hebrews 11, 6. Now, I don't, I don't, like I said, I don't take these little 
side trails, rabbit trails as they used to call them for no reason. I didn't plan on doing that. It just came right up out of my spirit. But somebody needs to hear that here today. Probably more than one person. But in Hebrews 11, 6, it says, Without faith it's impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. Hallelujah. And so, notice that faith is our... Faith means trust, confidence. It's we, we simplify things. To have faith means to trust. If I have faith in you, that means I trust you. I trust your word. And uh, what we've covered thus far, just to make mention, to develop a strong faith in the Lord, a strong faith in the Lord. Our faith can grow, it can develop. The Bible talks about we can have exceedingly growing faith. And, and our trust level in Him it should be ex- growing all the time. First thing we looked at to develop uh, strong faith is to recognize the integrity of God's Word. We covered that, that God is not a man that He should lie. He, he always does what He says in His Word. Number two, to develop strong faith, you have to realize that it's actually God's faith in you. God loans you His faith. When He says, have faith, He says, have my kind of faith. The third thing we looked at, and this is all on the tapes, of course, is to make the third, re, the third way to develop strong faith is to make a conscientious decision to look to God in every area of life, to look to Him. Trust Him with all of your heart. Now go to Mark chapter 11. I'm going to look at this in the Amplified uh, Translation. Mark chapter 11 and verse 22 So I began to see after constantly for a couple years now asking the Lord, Lord, I ask you, I give you permission. That's what he said. I said, I give you permission, Lord. And I, I encourage you and I admonish all of you in this room to start doing that. Because let me tell you something, the Lord doesn't just show that to me for just a private interpretation so that I can be blessed. I believe the Lord showed that to me so I could in turn share it with you so that you and all of us together can start experiencing heaven's blessings. So every time something happens, boom, boom, like popcorn, you know. And the Lord reminds me, He goes, that's because you asked me. You gave me permission. Praise God. Sometimes it's spiritual. Sometimes it's physical. Sometimes it's financial. There's no limitation that God will begin to do things for you and for your family. But in Mark eleven twenty two in the Amplified, it says this, Jesus replied, said unto them, Have faith in God. Notice the word. What's it say? Constantly. Have faith in God constantly. Now we're going to go through a couple of verses rather quick. So I want you to see these. Let's go ahead and bring up Mark chapter 9, verse 23. And I want to kind of lay the foundation here this morning. Mark chapter 9, verse 23, just in the King James, says, Jesus saith unto them, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Say, that's me. (laughs) Jesus said, if you can believe... Believe what? Believe God can do this. He said all things are possible. 
Now go next door to Mark chapter 10 and verse 27. Mark chapter 10 verse 27 says this, Jesus looked around them and saith, With men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. Isn't that wonderful? Now go to Luke chapter 1 and verse 37. Where do you see this? Luke chapter 1 and verse 37. For with God nothing shall be impossible. Sometimes you've got to look at yourself and you've got to, in light of what you're going through, it could be, you could be having a big family struggle right now, right? You could be having a struggle in your job. You could be having a struggle in your relationships, in your finances, in your physical body. Maybe you're being challenged with a physical pain or some kind of a symptom in your body. And we've got to train ourselves to look at these scriptures and say, but with God, nothing shall be impossible. Amen? Now, I know what it's like to have a doctor come in and say, this is incurable, that kind of a thing. You know, that this is no cure for this, that type of a thing. I said, but with God, all things are possible. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Look at the guy in the orchestra with that, that wand, right? You know? But with God, all things are possible to me if I believe God. With God, all things are possible. Praise the Lord. So you have to remind yourself, no matter what you face, because I tell you, all of us from time to time face difficult situations. We face seemingly impossible situations. But God laughs at impossibilities. <laughs> God laughs at impossibilities. Praise the Lord. Now don't look all religious now. That's time to smile. It's not time to look like you're on jury duty and say, you know what I'm saying? With God, all things are possible. Hallelujah. We need to, sometimes up north here, we have, we have to learn and train ourselves to respond more to these things. Okay? Sometimes northerners, you know what I'm saying? It's just the culture, like, you know, something glorious was just said, but you don't know by the look on their faces. Amen? It's, it's okay to say amen once in a while. It's okay to say, yeah, that means so be it. Okay? I'm just not looking for cheerleaders. That's not what I'm saying here. But I'm saying when we hear the word of God, when we hear the word of God, there's a, there should be a hearty amen that says, yes, hallelujah. With God, all things are possible. Hallelujah. And I'll tell you, when you see the things that God can do and has done and will continually do, oh my goodness, it's so powerful what he can do. There's no limitation to what he can do. Now, what I want to talk about today is how to stay depressed. No, I'm just kidding. Let's go to uh, Jeremiah chapter 32. Jeremiah chapter 32. And here's where I want to pick up today in number four, how your faith can grow, how your faith can increase, your trust level can grow in God. This is a biggie right here. And here's what I want to, here's the, here's what I want to share Recognize the bigness of God. Now we're going to camp on that for the rest of the time that we have here this morning. Recognize the bigness of God. In Jeremiah 32 verse 17, Jeremiah by the Holy Spirit says here, Ah, Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth 
And by thy great power stretched out your arm, and there is nothing too hard for thee. Isn't that a... I remember a song was made up about that years ago in the 70s, you know. Remember that song? <laughs> nothing is too difficult for thee. Yeah. <laughs> right? You're like, I didn't know that was a scripture. Yeah, that's where it's taken from right here. Lord God, behold, you, you, notice this, you made the heavens and the earth. They're big, aren't they? Last time I checked, the earth is big. Right? And by the way, the earth is not flat. <laughs> People believe that. <laughs> it's a ball. Amen. And it says, Thou hast made heaven and earth, and by thy great power stretch out your arm. There is nothing too hard for thee. Say nothing. nothing. Oh, Brother Keith, this just seems so difficult for me. Mm. I was talking to somebody yesterday, went into a store. And this person happened to be a believer. Okay. And I, I know that just from, she used to be friends with Marty that was in our church. You know, and uh, nice lady, you know, and I said, hey, how you doing? She goes, terrible. I go, really? She goes, yeah, I'm having a faith crisis. I said, that doesn't sound very good. And I just smiled at her, you know, and she goes, yeah, I've been listening to these preachers say you have to have faith, you know, and so forth. And and uh, I said, well, you're a child of God, right? I go, she goes, yeah. I said, well, you have faith on the inside of you. She goes, well, I can't feel it. See, that's where you miss it right there. People go by touchy-feely. I don't feel like I have faith. And any time I've ever come up against anything that I needed to pray for, I never felt like I had sufficient faith. I always had a thought saying, you're not going to get it this time. Anytime I've ever prayed for something, there's a, there's a little nagging thought that's there that says, you don't have enough faith. It's not going to happen this time. Okay? But you know what I've learned to do? Shut up. So who are you talking to? The devil. <laughs> Hallelujah. So number four, we're talking about to increase your level of capacity of faith towards God, recognize the bigness of God. Okay? He said, you, you made the heavens and the earth, and by your great power you stretched out your arm. Nothing is too hard for thee. Now you're there in Jeremiah. Go to the next chapter, or I'm sorry, the same chapter, 27th verse. Jeremiah 32 and verse 27. Now I'm... These are not all the scriptures, but I'll tell you, there's, these are the key ones that I wanted to share with you here today. Verse 27, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Isn't that something? Is there anything too hard for me? God is asking you and me today. Is there anything too hard for me to figure out? Is there anything too difficult for me? Are you going to pose a question to God that's going to baffle his thinking? Say, you know, I never thought of that before. Amen. Now, I've, I've had some, through the years, I've, I've been in the ministry since um, 1982. Different aspects of ministry, you know. So, I've been around this a little bit, you know. And there have been times where I've been in situations where, where 
counseling or talking to someone, I didn't know what to do. I didn't. I didn't know what to do. But I always reminded myself, I don't put myself under pressure to, to have an answer for everybody because if I don't know, I don't know. And if somebody asks me a hard question, you know, I'm going to say, you know, I, I don't know the answer to that right now, but I'll, I'll look to the Lord. He has the answer for this. Okay? Why put yourself under pressure, right? I don't have to act like I know it all because I don't. But I know who does. <laughs> Amen? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, way back in the day, I remember um, when I was in Bible school, we had a, we had a course. We had a uh, different subjects when I was in Bible school. I have, it was a two-year school back then in those days. You know, I graduated in 1983 from Rainbow Bible Training Center. And, you know, you had your first-year classes, and then second year you had those classes. They're all separate and different, you know. But I remember... The one class, it was a second year. I was in my second year of Bible school. And it was a, a, it was a, a class on Christian counseling. And the teacher's name was Dr. Jerry Gross. Remember that? You had him too. Him and his wife would share it. Really marvelous couple, you know. And, they, and to be honest with you, in that class, there were certain things I was like, I'm not going to need that. <laughs> I'm thinking this. I, I won't need that. I'm not going to come across that. But it's like God pulled the wool over my head. <laughs> and, and I'll tell you what, I came back, I graduated from school, and I came back, and I ended up working in my home church in, here in Pittsburgh in the inner city. I worked in a church, a uh, church that, that we met at, actually, originally. And, um, and I'll tell you, in that particular church, in an inner city church, you come across things that the average person doesn't come across. I mean, hardcore type situations. You with me? And I remember I had I'd been asked to minister for the pastor. It's the first time I ever preached in a church, ever. First time. And it was on a Wednesday night. And this church still to this day meets in a theater. Okay, they bought this old theater. But when they first bought the theater, they were converting it and remodeling it and stuff. And they had a problem with the heater. In other words, there was no heat. Okay. Now, this is on a January night in, Pit, night in Pittsburgh. You know how cold it is in January, okay? And so they would, what they would do to, to heat initially before the heaters were fixed, they would light up these, uh, they rented these big blowers that are heat blowers. You know what I'm talking about? It looks like a, like a jet engine type thing, you know, and a kerosene. And they would, they would light it up and get that blowing in the auditorium. It's a big auditorium. And, and then turn it off before the people came in. And the problem is it smelled like kerosene. You walk in there. But it was warm at least, a little bit, you know. But I remember it probably was like 50 degrees in the auditorium, and they asked me to minister. And I'm telling you, I was nervous. I was scared. I was like, you know. But I got up, and it was freezing in there, and I'm just sweating like crazy, like it's like I'm in Miami, Florida, okay, because I'm so nervous, you know. And I'm preaching, and I just open my text, you know, and there's, I don't know, 60 or 70 people there, something like that. And uh, um, I felt the anointing for the very first, maybe the second time in my life, you know, that I stepped in and I started to share things. And anyway, I got through my message, you know, and, and I, think, I think I even taught on divine healing is what it was. But after the, right after my sermon, I had an altar call. And so I invited people to come forth that needed to be born again, that wanted Christ into their lives, and then people that wanted to be healed. Are you with me? 
And uh, so I, I did that, and to my utter amazement, I didn't think anybody would come forward, you know. And all of a sudden, people started flocking, raising their hand, came to the front, okay? And many people gave their hearts to the Lord. Now, I didn't ask people what was wrong with them physically, okay? I didn't ask them. But I just laid hands as fast as I could. I laid hands on people, prayed for them, you know. And uh, you remember that? <laughs> and uh, turned it over to the pastor, you know, and that was it, okay? And uh, come to find out afterwards, man, many people gave their heart to the Lord. And there was, there was healings that took place in there. But if you were to ask me, did you feel anything special or unique? I said, no. I didn't feel anything. There was no physical feeling attached to it. Okay, so long story short, that same week, that same week, the office where I was, uh, the church that I was at, excuse me, got a, f a phone call from a lady that, that needed counseling. And uh, I never met this, to my knowledge, I never met this person before. But the secretary of the church, you know, because uh, my office was right next to her, so she would keep, you know, if you're counseling, you never counsel a woman alone. So we kept the door open, right? So she's right there, I'm right here, right? That's just wisdom, right? And, uh, but this, this, this is my very first counseling appointment. I never counseled anybody in the ministry up to this point, the very first one. And the secretary, she knew some things that I didn't know. She didn't tell me though. And she goes, Keith, can you counsel? And I can't remember what her name was. I don't, I don't it's not really important. That, so, you know, the time came, looking at my clock, here she comes, she comes walking in. When I looked at her, I thought, she's like six foot three. She's bigger than me for a lady, you know what I'm saying? I thought, boy, she's, for a woman, she's really, I was thinking that she's really tall, you know? And uh, she, um, and the, the secretary said, here's, supposed to, here's, here's the lady you're in a council. So I introduced myself, you know, and, and so we walk into the office, you know, and I sit in my chair. I had one of those high back chairs that goes back, you know what I mean? And uh, so I'm thinking, this is my first counseling session, you know? And so I, I introduced myself to her. I said, tell me, what, what is it that you need? What, what are you having problems with? She goes, oh, I'm just so ashamed. I can't really, I can't tell you. She kept saying that. She said, I'm just embarrassed. All right? And this just went on for like five, six, seven minutes, okay? It kept, she, and I, I said, I said, Quite honestly, I said, for you to get help, whatever your problem is, you know, you're going to have to tell me what your problem is first in order to get help. Okay? And so she said, okay, if you say so. She goes, well, about a month ago, I had a sex change. She said, I used to be a man, now I'm a woman. All right? Now, I'm thinking immediately back in my counseling class, they brought that up. I thought, that'll never happen to me. I think God was laughing that day. Now, now here I am, my first counseling session. I'm thinking, God, honest truth, this is what happened. I think I must have looked shocked because I was like... What am I going to tell this person? Now, here's what she said. She said, Pastor, what you don't realize, you preach Wednesday night. She goes, I was one of the ones that came up. And she said, she goes, I had obviously major surgery, right? 
And she said, I had tumors all over my legs, tumors all over my legs. She goes, well, when you prayed, they all disappeared. She goes, they vanished. Now, I didn't know that until she told me that. And she gave her heart to the Lord that night in the service, okay? I was happy about that, but yet I'm left with this dilemma like, look, the damage has been done here, you know. I'm, you know, <laughs> surgery has already taken place, okay? And I'm thinking, but yet there was this part of him, her, whatever, you know, that was like reaching out to God. Okay? And I gripped my chair. There's two arms on my chair, and I, I gripped that thing. And I think, within myself, do you ever have a prayer? You ever talk to the Lord while you're talking to someone else? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, God, what do I say? What do I say? Okay? I can almost see God laughing that day. I, can, I mean, wasn't expecting that. I mean, for my first counseling session, I had something like that. Okay? It's like Moses, we'll bring the hard cases to you, but the rest we'll take care of by ourselves, right? So I'm like, man, I got a hard case right away. Here, here's what happened. The Spirit of God inside me, still small voice, said, remember the scripture, there's neither male nor female in Christ. I look on the heart while, God, while people look on the outward appearance. He said, focus on that person's spirit, not their flesh. Okay? Now, I didn't hear it here. I heard it in here. And I thought, at first, initially, I felt overwhelmed, inadequate, unable to respond to that. I was baffled, actually, to be honest with you. Yet, in light of that, I looked inside me. And that's where we need to focus, is when we face the crisis of life, when we face different situations, not just when you're in a crisis, but in everyday situations, learning to Inquire of the Lord. Ask of the Lord. Look to Him. Even in seemingly small situations, look to Him. Ask Him. God, give me wisdom about this. Now, you may not know it right away, but if you earnestly ask Him with a humble heart, I can tell you He will come through. He will show you. So I kind of threw it out there. I said, okay, Lord, I don't know what to say here. I don't know what to do here, but I'm looking to you. Now, she's still, he's still talking, whatever. And... Uh, and, and, but you could see this person really reaching out, like her spirit, his spirit reaching out. I want help. I want help. Okay? You think God's going to let that person down? Think about the love of God. He used to be a man converted into a woman, physically speaking, you know? Amen? And God wanted to reach down to that person. He loved that person. Amen. Who am I to cast judgment on something that God's, God died for that person? Jesus shed his blood for that person. So we can't get shocked about the things that we see in life that are going on because man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. How often do we judge things based on our outward appearance? Oh, man, I mean, we've all done that. They don't look like I think they should look. They don't act like I think they should act. And we sometimes cast judgment on something that God could show us something. God can teach us something. Amen? Sometimes we, we even do the thing where they're too young. I can't hear from them. Okay? There are times where my son and my daughter, many times through the years, even more recently, they would say something 
And I knew it wasn't just them talking. It was God through them. And I latched onto it. But I'm not going to look down my nose and say, they're too young, they don't know enough, they're stupid. I'm not going to do that. Because a little child can hear from God. Amen? That beautiful little guy right there can hear from God. He, can, he knows how to hear from God. These two young men here know how to hear from God. In fact, they can probably hear a lot more clear than some adults because they don't have a lot of junk going on in their mind, okay? <laughs> but, uh, so anyway, is anything too hard for the Lord? Okay? Now, I'm wrapping this up here this morning. This fourth thing is to recognize the bigness of God. Recognize how big He is. Now go over to Acts chapter 4 for a minute here. And I'm going to just kind of set the stage here. And we're going to conclude here this morning. Peter and John. Well, we will not read the whole chapter for the sake of time this morning. Peter and John were going into the temple at the hour of prayer. And there was a guy that was crippled from his mother's womb. Make a long story short. Peter and John... Because they, they he was a beggar, okay? He was begging. He needed money because he couldn't work. He was crippled, all right? And so uh, as Peter and John were going into the temple at the hour of prayer, they did this every day. They'd go into the church at the hour of prayer. Spirit of God said this. Peter and John said, look on us. And he expected to receive some money from them, okay? But Peter and John said this. They said, silver and gold we don't have right now. My wife has that. <laughs> he said, but such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Remember that? It says they reached down, got him by the hand, pulled him up, and immediately his ankle bones received strength. And the guy was miraculously healed. Never walked before. And he, he got so excited, he started running through the temple, leaping and shouting and praising God. He didn't just walk through the temple. Praise the Lord today. <laughs> I was healed today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He was excited about it. Listen, if you never walked a step in your life and all of a sudden you're able to run and walk, oh my goodness, do you think you'd be excited? <laughs> We're coming back to those days. Hallelujah. Supernatural. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Well, to make a long story short, the, most of the people were really excited about that. But the religious people, the religious people that were there got mad about it, got upset about it. Because this, it was because of jealousy and envy. That's what it comes down to. They, they got jealous of Paul. They got envious of him because they saw God working through him. Many times it says they were moved with envy. They got jealous. Isn't that sad? And so they brought Peter and John together and they threatened them. The, 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 the authorities threatened them. They said, we command you not to preach or teach anymore in the name of Jesus. That's they said, this is our law. You can't preach or teach. And they said this. They said, look, we understand that, but we have a higher law to go by. You may make your laws, but we're, we're not going by that. We're going by the laws of God. And they, they further threatened them. So they were threatened. Peter and John were threatened because of the healing. They were persecuted for healing this guy. Jesus threw them, right? Now, we'll pick it up in verse 23. 
Remember, they were just threatened by the authorities. And it says, in being let go, they went to their own company. Now, everybody needs their own company. I believe that's the local church. Everybody needs their own company. And if they don't have their own company, boy, you can lose out on a lot right there. It says, And being let go, they went to their own company and reported to the chief priests and the elders what they had said unto them. Now, we'll stop there. We're going to pick up in verse 24. This is so amazing to me because in the book of Acts, there's 28 chapters in the book of Acts, all right? You have all these different accounts. And it's many times in the book of Acts, it just says, There they prayed. They went down by the riverside and they prayed or... But it doesn't say what they prayed. But when you come to Acts chapter 4, it actually records the essence of what they prayed to the Lord. And we're going to read that. I want to show you something here. Maybe you never saw this before. Now again, they're, they're faced with a life-threatening situation. These people would kill people without thinking about it. If they made a decree and a law, and the Romans that were there would make decrees and laws... You could be crucified for not obeying them. And that's what they did to Jesus, right? And it says in verse 23, When they had heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord, and they said, Lord, here's their prayer, You are God. You have made heaven and earth. Now that sounds like what we read in Jeremiah. Isn't that something? They're praying the word of God. Lord, You have made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that in them is. Now here's where, here's where this, here's where the Lord showed me this many, many years ago. It shows us what they prayed. Now here's the fourth thing that we're talking about to increase our faith and our confidence in God. We have to magnify the bigness of God. It's really important to do that. Okay? When they heard that, they lifted up their God, the voice of one accord, and they said, Lord, thou art God, thou hast made heaven and the earth and the sea. Heaven, earth, sea. Let me ask you a question. Is heaven, earth, and sea small or big? Okay, it's big, isn't it? Notice they didn't see, they didn't say, even though it's true, God, we lift up our voice. You made the ants. And the little creatures, which he did, okay? But notice it says there, they said, Lord, you made heaven, earth, and the sea, and all that is within. I saw this years ago. Now, nobody taught this to me. The Holy Ghost taught it to me, but I saw this. He said, Keith, notice that when they prayed, they amplified and magnified my bigness and not the magnitude of their problem. This is where people miss it. This is where good-hearted Christian people miss it, is they pray the problem rather than praying the answer. And if you pray the problem, you get more of the same. Okay? All they said was, Lord, behold their threatenings. That's all they said. Then they started praying. They said, Lord, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is, in verse 25, who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, Why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord, even against his Christ. 
For of a truth of thy holy child Jesus, whom thou anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, of the Gentiles, and the people of Israel were gathered together. Okay? Now look at verse 29. It says, And now, Lord, behold their threatenings. Grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word by the stretching forth of thy hand to heal that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken together where they were assembled, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke the word of God with boldness. Now notice that when they prayed, the building shook. Now some folks get nervous when people shake under the power of God. That's, that's no big deal. It is a big deal. You know what I mean? Don't get me wrong. But what if you started praying and all of a sudden there was like the building started shaking? That would grab your attention, wouldn't it? Now here's what I wanted to leave you with here today. Is this fourth point is we need to recognize if our faith is going to increase in the Lord, we, we need to recognize the bigness of God. The bigness of God. And when they prayed... They started out by saying, Lord, you are God. You made the heavens and the earth and the sea. They're all huge. Okay? Do you ever go out on a starlit night? I know there's been times in the past where we would, we would be on vacation, for example, and at the beach on the East Coast, you know, in, in North Carolina. We'd walk out there, sometimes on a really crystal clear night, you know, uh, being away from the city lights, you could look up and you could actually see the Milky Way. It was like this faint, like a mist. Have you ever, anybody ever see that before? You actually see, in the city you can't see that, but when you're out in, away from the city lights, you can actually see, almost looks like a mist. It's the Milky Way. And I, you'd stand there on the seashore and you'd just look up. It's like, whew. Vast, huge, humongous, whatever word you want to use. Gigantic. And our Father made that. The Lord didn't just make the earth. He made the heavens and the earth. And the sea and the moon and the sun and the stars. He Read the book of Genesis. He created all that. <laughs> well, Brother Keith, what about the Big Bang Theory? Yeah. I saw a bumper sticker that said, I believe God spoke it and bang, there it was. <laughs> right? This isn't no accident. Some amoeba didn't crop somewhere and explode, and all of a sudden, here came we. They, they, it takes more faith to believe that we came out of a rock. Can you believe people believe that? So-called scientists, educated people, think that we came out of a rock. It takes more faith to believe that than to believe the creation. Hallelujah. You think your body's an accident? You know, look at how perfect your body is. Look at how it flows together. How your body parts complement each other and flows together. Look at how your brain works. Oh. Do you know they say that medical science has proven that your man only uses a fraction of the brain power that you have? Stop thinking about the capacity. And God made us in His likeness and He made us in His image. Amen? So I think sometimes it's nice to have object lessons that we can look at. Things, Jesus said, consider the birds of the air. Right? He said, they don't 
sow, they don't neither reap, but yet your father feeds them. He says, My heavenly, your heavenly father feedeth them. He says, look at the birds. Are they sweating over it? Are they fretting over it? Do they worry about where their next meal is going to come from? Do you ever see a bird worrying and pulling his feathers out? I've seen birds that don't migrate south in the wintertime that sit on a tree and chirp in the middle of the 20 below zero <laughs> out there and enjoying themselves, you know. Cardinals like to stay north in the, in the summer. I like cardinals, you know. Then I've never seen a bird worry yet. God feedeth them. Amen. He said, look at the flowers, Jesus said. He says, they don't toil, they don't spin, they don't work at being beautiful. He said, yet your heavenly Father. How many of you like flowers? Different, so many varieties of flowers. My goodness. Beautiful, you know. What do you think heaven is all about? It's got tons of flowers. Amen. And he said, they don't work at being beautiful. He goes, but not even Solomon and all the richest man on the earth. He goes, he wasn't even clothed like one of these beautiful flowers. He says, if God clothes the flowers, he's going to clothe you. So God always gives you something in the natural to look at, to illustrate how strong, how big, and how powerful he really is. So every time I see a bird, you know, you don't even stop and think about it now. I mean, it's just unconsciously you see birds and stuff like that, you know. But every time you should see a bird, you say, the Lord's going to take care of me. The Lord's going to feed me today. Every time you see Tweety Bird, God's going to take care of you. Amen? Most of the flowers that are in the earth, people, not human eyes, will never see it. Yet they're there. You'd walk through a field sometime, and you're, you, it, the, sometimes the reality will hit you. It's like, I'm the only human being that's ever seen that flower. I'm out in a field somewhere. I'm the only person who'll probably ever see that flower, but yet God made it beautiful. And if God does those things for those creatures, how much more is he going to take care of you and me? He wants to. He wants to. Say, I serve a very big God. He's bigger than all my problems that I could ever face in this life. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Sometimes you just, you got to have a conversation with yourself. You say, come on over here. I need to have a talk with you. <laughs> you understand? And you look in the mirror and say, you know, you've been discouraged lately because you're looking at the wrong things. It's time that I change right now. I'm going to start looking to my Father. I'm going to start looking to the Word of God. I'm going to start looking to Him to take care of me. Because we're all threatened with certain things, right? The devil always brings threats. You're not going to have enough. It's not going to be sufficient. You're going to come up dry. You're going to come up short. You don't have what it takes. The devil says you're not strong enough. You don't have the right skin color. All these excuses the devil makes. Okay? You're not tall enough. You're not short enough. You don't weigh this amount. The enemy's always trying to make you feel insufficient, insecure about your physical situations. But at the end of the day, our Father wants to take care 
He wants to take care of you and me. Let's allow him to do that. What do you say? Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, I am thanking you today, Father, for greater revelation in this area, expounding in our hearts, Lord, as the day this week progresses forward, that we would begin to understand more and more how big you are, how mighty you are, how powerful you are, and that you want to do big things for us. And I thank you for it, Lord. I thank you for it, Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's just take a moment and wait on the Lord for a minute. Let's thank Him. Scripture talks about Selah. Pause, stop, and think about what was just said. Father, we thank you. We worship you. We thank you. We bless you. Thank you, dear Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Know this, saith the Lord. When you look to me, and look to me alone, you'll never come up short. For you see, I have an inexhaustible resource from heaven, and your sufficiency is not of yourselves, it's of me, saith the Lord, who has made you able ministers of the gospel. I never intended from the very beginning that you look to yourself, but I made it true from the very start that mankind would look to me. And when you look to me, you'll never run dry. Your wells will never run dry. Your resources will never run out. For you see, they're coming from me. I am the one that will take care of you, saith the Lord. I am the one that will supply that which you need. I am the giver of all good gifts. So look to me on a daily basis and practice looking to me. For I love, I love when my children look to me for wisdom. I love when my kids look to me for provision. For you see, I and I alone am your source. And I will provide for you the things that you need.